0: Internet and welcome to another episode of Geek Fanthology. I'm your host and sole participant here uh, this this time. Um, we've kind of fallen off of doing this weekly. I apologize. We're trying to get things back in running order, but things have been a little bit weird here at Geek Fan HQ. We're trying to get things back in working order, and we hope that you bear with us. In the meantime, I am bringing to you this week or this time, at the very least. Um, Another top ten list, as I am wont to do when I have no one else with whom to record. Uh, (laughs) um, And, yeah, we don't usually have uh, This Week in Geek or or other such when I am doing things solo because I don't pay attention very well to all the news. Um, I'm sure things happened. We'll have a lot to cover when we, when we all get together and record again. Uh, so in any case, we're going to just jump into, uh, into the top ten list this week. <laughs> Segways! I'm bad at them! This, uh, I thought, a top ten that would be interesting to explore would uh, be top, uh, Neil's top ten favorite superhero movies that aren't Marvel or DC. Uh, It's kind of timely, given that The the Incredibles 2 has come out, although I haven't seen it yet, so it's not on the list, um, because this is only going to be movies that are, are A, that I have seen, and B, that I like um, on this list. So, yeah, let's get started then, I suppose, with number 10. Number 10 is a cheat, an absolute cheat. Uh, number ten is the Puma Man, but only the MST uh, three almost only the MST three K riff of it. It's a bad movie, but it's enjoyably bad. Um, it's one of my favorite episodes of MST. It's uh, very poorly shot, as Donald Pleasance as the villain. Which is... I, I, I don't understand it. Why did, when did Donald Pleasance turn into, like, a B-list actor? The first thing I was aware of him in was freaking The Great Escape as the Forger, and he was great in that. Why is it he's a B-list dystopian future villain so frequently? He's At least he has been in two different uh, MST episodes, uh, Puma Man and uh, Warrior of the Lost World, both of which are highly enjoyable episodes. Um... We get this guy who's apparently descended from a Aztec alien. Like, the aliens helped build the Aztec pyramids and such. And he's descended from them, and he has all of the powers of a puma, which involves uh, whatever bullshit they want to think up at the time. Um, flight, because all pumas are capable of flying, of course. Um, super strength, the ability to jump to teleport by jumping through dimensions. Um, stop your own heart for a time <laughs> It's really bad <laughs> with a really bad soundtrack and just like I think let's let's check. Activate super clacky keyboard because Neil records these top tens at his, uh, at his computer. I do believe, and I'm checking right now, um, let's see, Jack Frost, Future War, Space Mutiny, Iga, Mano, Skrulled and Glow Boots. No, oh, no, I'm wrong. That's a shame. For a while, Puma Man was one of the episodes you could stream on uh, on Netflix, but it does not appear to be any uh, presently. Although I would very much recommend wa- streaming any of those the episodes you can see on uh, Netflix because they're great, especially Space Mutiny, which is probably my favorite of all the episodes. <clears throat> um, so it's not on Netflix anymore, so you'd have to um. You'll have to find it some other way, but it's still very much worth checking out. Puma Man, the MST3K cut, my number 10. Number nine, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the first live-action movie. Um, To be fair, this one is also a little bit of a cop-out because I've you know, I, I've seen it, and it's not bad, but there's a reason it's so high on this list. But I had to include it on the list, otherwise people would yell at me, so there it is, TMNT. Uh, the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie was actually really, really good. They, the live-action movies didn't start getting bad until the until about halfway through the second one and the entirety of the third one. And, and then they, they stopped making any good ones. Michael Bay sucks. Screw you, Michael Bay. Uh, But, yeah. It was really interesting because the animatronics, the suits, were good. They were pretty well articulated. and The puppetry was excellent, and the martial arts was fun. The reason it isn't higher on the list is primarily because I don't actually have very much uh, childhood nostalgia for TMNT. Uh, I didn't watch it as a kid. I watched X-Men, but that's a Marvel property, and so it can't go on this list. But TMNT isn't. It's purely, uh, it's purely third party. These top tens suck because I can't, I run out of things to say really fast. I really need someone to play off of. But yeah, that's number nine. (laughs) Number eight, the first Hellboy movie. Hellboy 2 is also on this list. I think it's better than Hellboy 1, which is why Hellboy 1 is here. Ron Perlman was, the, like, just about, as far as I can think, the perfect casting for Hellboy. I probably will see the, uh, the remake that they're making, even though it doesn't have Ron involved in it. But it will not be as good because Ron Perlman will not be voicing or acting as Hellboy. Which is a problem because he is perfect as Hellboy. Um, and then, what's his name? The guy who plays every lanky, uh, lanky dude in a suit. Um, give me a second here. Let's see here. The acting's really good, is is really kind of what I'm getting to. Um, Ape Sapien is played by Doug Jones. Doug Jones, by the way, being the guy who is is every lanky uh, person in a suit in every movie ever. So you know that's cool that uh yeah, Hellboy one, the reason I don't like it as much is as the second one is because it's it feels less like a comic book than the second one does. uh we'll get to that in a, in a bit, and you know you you trotted out Rasputin for the first i admittedly they weren't expecting to get to make a sequel, but yeah, here's Rasputin and... And here's the Cthulhu aliens that he worships, and... Yay! It also has kind of an anticlimactic ending. He gets brainwashed, and then he undoes the brainwashing and punches the tentacle, and... Yay, we win. So... Yeah. Number eight, Hellboy One. Number seven... Robocop. Robocop's a superhero, right? In the grim and gritty future Detroit. And I just realized a lot of my, like, at least two of my, on my list, take place in an unhappy Detroit. What's, what the hell? Um, <laughs> we'll get to that in a bit. First, Robocop is really good. Um, what What measure is a man? You got some deep sort of philosophical questions to be, to be asked in it. It also, it's got that really good theme and it's got, uh, it's got Red from that 70s show as the villain. Because that makes sense. Uh, <laughs> but, and Peter Weller's just great, even, even under all that makeup and, and costume and prosthesis. He's just really good. And yeah, I realize that Red's not actually the villain, it's actually the guy who runs the Mega Corporation. But still. And, you know, just it's and the effects for that movie and the and like the, the effects in the makeup are damn good. Like a lot of that's practical because it was made in the 80s. Um and the the costuming, like the way it looks, like they just kind of stapled his face onto a <laughs> onto a ro- an, out- an outer shell. I don't know how they did that. That's crazy impressive makeup work. And yeah, it's a good movie. Yeah, okay. I don't have good endings for any of this. <laughs> Number six. Mystery Men. Uh the first superhero comedy on my list. Uh, and much as I really do love Mystery Men, I couldn't put it higher on this list just because I like the other movies that are on this list more. Um I like Ben Stiller as as uh, Mr. Furious. I like uh I like the Blue Raja and the Sphinx and the Herkimer Battle Jitney and Guy with all of his <laughs> ridiculous non-lethal <laughs> uh, defense items, uh. <clears throat> and Eddie Izzard is a disco villain. I mean, it's just great. It's it takes itself so so seriously, which is about the only thing you can really do. Like it, it's it's a patently silly stupid setup, but that's just part of the great... That's... That's just... Mmm. And, geez, it's, uh... Casanova Frankenstein? Now I can't think of it. The, 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 The... The villain. Give me a second here. Yes, Casanova Frankenstein. I'm glad I didn't, uh... Uh, I, wasn't cra- I wasn't crazy. I wasn't crazy with his psycho fraculator. I remembered Herkimer battle Jitney, and that's the important part. So, Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh it just, it, it's just—it's such a stupid and fun movie, and just excellent and great. Um, but yeah, Mystery Men. <laughs> Number five. Hellboy 2, The Golden Army. Told you it'd be on this list. I really, really like the Hellboy comics, and this is one of the better Hellboy comic adaptations, in my opinion, even though it was, I don't think it was directly adapted from a specific thing, because it got a lot more of the... It, it like... Hellboy one was definitely uh, was definitely inspired by early Hellboy, and then Hellboy two two was inspired by by later Hellboy because it got had a lot more sort of fantastic elements that had to be dealt with. Also, Guillermo del Toro's uh, monster design is on point. Uh, I really wanted to see Hellboy three, but now they're not. It's never going to happen. Because I would love to love to have seen sort of the end of that story, because that one kind of did end on a little bit of a cliffhanger. Liz is pregnant, what's that going to be like? What's going on? And all that stuff. And just like... It, it, it needed Hellboy 1 to happen, because Hellboy 2, you don't have to spend as much time establishing your characters. Also, I love... Uh, the Ecto guy, and, you know, this kind of ridiculous crowd accent, and I can't, I can't do it very well. but and How he, you know, kicks Hellboy's ass with a locker. Uh. <laughs> uh, it's also one of the first uh, movies I ever bought on DVD, so there's, there's that, too. <clears throat> but, yeah, it's, it was just a really solidly good movie. Also, I like how the goblin without pants bites the thing and then says "shiny" as though he was verifying its shininess with its with 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 the his tooth. <laughs> huh, yeah. Thank you, Pan's Labyrinth, for happening, which gave Gilmore Gilmo del del Toro. I cannot say that man's name to save my life, but gave him the opportunity to really kind of flex his creative muscle and then make a good comic book movie out of it. Number four. Sky High. Another comedy. Um, It's almost like I, I do, in fact, enjoy comedies. Probably as one of my favorite genres of things to consume. I like comedy. I like, I like comedy couched in other things a lot, too, so, like, don't get me wrong, I, I love me a good stand-up special, but I like comedic movies a lot, especially when they're also, like, couched as superhero movies, or comedy fantasy, or what have you, as long as they're done well. Of course, being done well is always sort of a necessity, isn't it? Sky High is really, is is a lot of fun. It's, it's, Superheroes in high school! Um, Also, I remember uh, watching... Also, part of this is nostalgia because I remember watching this like three or four times when I was really sick in in late middle school. Uh, My mom rented it uh, on DVD, and I stayed home and laid on the couch and watched Sky High just over and over again. It's got Kurt Russell in it. Kurt Russell's just fun, especially when he's allowed to be, like, when he's allowed to be cheesy because he's he's written as a cheesy character, so he gets to be cheesy. And it's got Bruce Campbell as the gym coach, which is also great. It's like they got a bunch of people who are good at being funny in in whatever situation you you won't need them in, and said, "Okay, here's the thing: you're in high school." The main actors are kind of actually the weak link, and that's the problem with any uh, child to adolescent acting, but they're not so bad as to make the movie not good. They're just not as... I I would love to see a movie about, you know, uh, the commander and... what's her name? The commander and... uh, Let's see here. <clears throat> the Commander and Jetstream. That uh, was what they were called. Also, you gotta wonder, like... You have obvious people who are obviously villainous, and bullies. And you're superheroes. How do you not just, like, make that stop? I mean, obviously you wouldn't have caught the main villain, Gwen, because she was like... Super peppy, awesome, and sneaky, but uh, like <clears throat> the stretchy guy and the speed guy, they're just douches, and they have superpowers, and they always want to pretend to be the villains in in the in the games. Like, y- you got to know that that's gonna be a bad thing, right? So, you know, why do you not, you know, stop that better? But they don't, so, yay, you got villains, and then they all go to detention. Which, you know, they should go to prison, they tried to kill a bunch of people. But, you know, it's it's a kids movie, so... That's kind of sad, because kids should also be taught that you go to prison if you try to kill people. Number three, Unbreakable. I really, really like Unbreakable. Um, I didn't see Split, but I am probably am going to see it so that I can then see Glass and just see how that <coughs> ends. I heard that Split was really good. I just, I didn't see it. Um, but I really like Unbreakable because it's it's so down to earth and very like it's it's uh you know it it's it's a working man superhero movie with you know Bruce Willis's character whose name obviously doesn't matter because he's Bruce Willis um and he just like he finds out he realizes oh, wait a second um. I I can't apparently get hurt because he survives a, a train crash with no injuries. And Sam Jackson's really great as Mr. Glass, the theoretically supportive but ultimately villainous um person, the antagonist if you will, but he's not really an antagonist. He just sets the thing in motion and then and then what you call it? Um the environment is more of the antagonist than anything else, and it turns out that Bruce Willis's Kryptonite factor is water, which um, that's kind of that's kind of lame sauce uh, weakness there, man. I'm not gonna lie. You drown easy. You can't swim. You're like half the cra- You're like half the half the uh, people in one piece. He'd fit in really well in One Piece, except he's too serious and dour. And the and, and this is a movie where it has a child actor who's pretty good. Um the child actor, you know, is like, let's see how how much you can bench, and he's like, Well, we were out of things to put on the thing, and the son believes in him so much that he's gonna shoot his dad. And he's like, he doesn't know where the bullets are. And he's like, It's in the the place with the stuff and And they're like, Oh shit. And uh <laughs> And I liked how it was kind of, it was very subdued. Um, Shyamalan used to be really good. And then he stopped being good. Some people say that Unbreakable wasn't a good movie. I disagree. But then a lot of those people also say that Signs was a good movie, and I also disagree there. But Unbreakable was, was, was a very good movie. Very underrated so that's my number three. Number two. The Incredibles. I wasn't gonna not have the first Incredibles on this list. It's one of my favorite Pixar movies. In fact, <coughs> it's my second most favorite Pixar movie. Um. After um Wally. Wally's so good. I could do a top ten Pixar movies, but like. Oh, I just gave away my number two and my number one. Yay. You know what? Cars would not be on that list because I don't like cars. Um, but The Incredibles is really, it is Pixar has this really wonderful talent of being able to make movies that really do literally have the proverbial something for everyone. It's got the action and the interestingness for the kids and it's got like the hilarious back and forth we'll get there when we'll get there sit down where are we there yet banter of trips and like parent kids not get understanding things it's got deep like you know you've got real adult fears and worries are my kids going to be okay is my husband cheating on me which is really you know that that's some serious stuff for a kids movie but it's handled very intelligently, um, and it's really well animated because it's Pixar. Um, with the exception of a few freeze-frame freeze things, but you have to freeze the frame in order to see bad animation model, uh, and that's you know that's impressive stuff. Uh, if you want to see bad animation model by the way pause when people are applauding at Helen and Robert's wedding um, there's some really very janky like knobby like quick rendered superhero models I guess you could say they're very they're all of them very much like they needed another two or three passes under the under an art director to really to to have been like solidly good but they're in the movie for an entire like 3 seconds so they didn't bother <laughs> really they just needed slightly moving posable bodies in a se- in seats at a church so it's like yeah okay this'll work but yeah the Incredibles is really good and it has a bunch of good lines. Edna is just fantastic. What 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 did we do to deserve Edna mode? And Huh. <laughs> fashion designer to the to the superheroes. No capes, <laughs> and she brings up a very valid point. Capes are just not very intelligent decisions. But you know that, that that's that that's The Incredibles. It's a good movie. Number one, my favorite is hands down my favorite superhero movie that wasn't a DC or Marvel property. The Crow. Now, I would argue with a lot of people that this isn't actually a superhero movie it's an urban fantasy film but it was in, but it was based off a comic book so i can count it in this particular list um the crow is our second movie set in detroit and the, and like oh man the detroit in this movie is like you can you you like if you watch this movie and pay attention to the background and the the grime and the filth and all that. You like, I have watched this movie and felt like I needed to take a shower afterwards because I felt grody. <coughs> because it's just like you can feel the the you can feel the grime through the film. And it's so good. It's got a really great soundtrack and it's. Brandon Lee really like he was a good actor, and then he died in the making of the movie thanks to a thanks to a mishap with a firearm. And people ask me why I take firearm safety so seriously. It's because well, Brandon Lee died on the crow. You don't take risks, man. <laughs> but um, you know it's about. It's a movie about like trying to find redemption in purgatory too. It's like it, it it's deeper than you would think. It's about how self-destructive truly um revenge can be. And that's you know, that that's more than a lot of people will give a superhero movie credit for, which, you know, there's something to be said there. Also, just, it's really good. And it's, it's why I, u- I reference the really real world uh, sometimes, which is something I got from that movie. Here in the really real world. Um, if you haven't seen The Crow, seriously, check it out. It, uh, let's see here. Let's see now. I think it might have been one of the first true R-rated comic book movies. Uh, no. Apparently, Dark Man came out first, from the looks of things. Although I've never seen Darkman, so... Also, apparently, a, there's an 89 version of The Punisher. From a quick Google search. But it was one of the first R-rated comic book movies. And just, like, solidly, solidly, solidly good. Um man, I didn't even think of the shadow. That should have been on my list. Um, okay. Honorable Mentions Time. The Shadow. Should have been on my list. I forgot about it when I was writing the list. Um, other movies that potentially could have been on the list. Um. I didn't actually much care for Kick-Ass, but it was, you know, it wasn't bad or anything. I just didn't like it very much. Also, um, if you dep- if, depending on how you think about it, The Rocketeer could be a superhero movie, and uh, especially if we're counting The Shadow, and, and for that matter, also so could uh, Flash Gordon. So those are my honorable mentions for this list. Because that, that's a thing that people do, right? Honorable, honorable mentions? And they're not just padding for time to try and at least get a 30-minute episode out? <coughs> I'm bad at top tens. I am sorry. If you have any suggestions for movies that I should have included, or ways I could make these top 10s better, send me me an email or leave me a comment. Yes, I really am chilling for that. Um, But yeah, this has been Neil with with Geek Fanthology, and we'll talk to you again soon. Bye-bye. This podcast is a production of Working Theory Productions. It was brought to you by a letter and a number. Opening theme is Ultra Mega Hyperstorm. and ending theme is March of the Mind, both by Kevin MacLeod. If you enjoyed this podcast, or know someone who would, please consider sharing it on your social media, sending us an email, or leaving us a comment. We read all of them. If you really enjoyed this podcast, please consider supporting us, either by donating at our website or on Patreon at patreon.com slash theory. A final thought. We are pre-recording this outro for use in emergencies if Neil cannot record the outro. As such, we are being vague. We hope you... Ap- ap- will I don't know, I can't even think of how to say this. That's how unscripted and unplanned this is, and hopefully you'll never hear it again. Bye.